Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Dedicated to a wrestling company that has sold 100% of their tickets available, AEW. Welcome to Episode 7 of All Things Elite. I'm Floyd Johnson, and joining me today is my good friend, Dave Brown. Dave is joining me for the second time on this show. How are you doing today, Dave? I am uh, I'm doing well. I'm a little tired, but you know, thank you for having me back on the show. It was fun last time, and glad to do it again. Dude, uh, I you know like uh, that's to me one of the most natural things in the world is doing a show with you, and so you one of those we had quit doing our show on Sunday a while back, and you messaged me what it was like a couple months ago, and like I'm free Friday mornings. That's generally when I like to record this show, so. I think you're going to be on here when you can. I know you got school and everything, so I will try to give you notice, but it's good to be able to talk wrestling with you. Definitely. Yeah, it's always fun. All right. I just want to start the show by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was supposed to do this part. Sorry, I forgot, actually. Uh, Go for it. (laughs) Dude, Power Slam TV, over 4,000 hours of content from some of the best names in independent wrestling. You got to check it out. Just head over there, powerslam.tv. Use the promo code Social Suplex. You get your first month free. It's good shit. Check it out. All right. And uh, yeah, definitely Power Slam TV. They help pay the bills for the old Social Suplex podcast network. Uh, so you definitely should go ahead and sign up. Watch some good old grappling, and uh, but we got some big news from Social Suplex this week uh, on keeping it strong style and on Twitter. The Social Suplex announced that we will be doing our first ever like live event. It's going to be called Suplex Mania, 
on April 7th at 5 p.m. Eastern. We'll be hosting the first ever Suplex Mania event. It'll be basically uh, like a trivia show. We haven't really got the format down. There's going to be some trivia. There's going to be some prizes. There's going to be some drinks. It's going to be at the original Hooters across the street from MSG. Uh, you just come through. You can meet everybody from uh, uh, the Keeping the Strong Style crew. is the, definitely the crew I know is going to be there. I believe One Nation Radio might be represented. Uh, I... Will definitely be there. I won't be staying the whole time because, you know, I will be keeping my streak alive by attending what will be my sixth straight WrestleMania. This, this That streak cannot die. But uh, Jeremy and Josh will be there to keep you company, give you some trivia, hopefully give out some prizes. Hopefully we get other podcast networks there. We just want to have a good time uh, and watch the, uh, the biggest show of the year from the biggest company WWE so we hope to see you all there again that is a Sunday April 7th at 5 p.m. Eastern so the original Hooters is this like the the one that started the chain from what I understand yes interesting you know s- side note my, my wife always had this idea she wanted to make a restaurant where it's like Hooters but with male waitresses and the name would be Cox whoa Whoa. Huh. It might work. It might work. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. There'll be some definitely stuffing at Cox. Oh, like there isn't at Hooters. But, you know, so that that way you can objectify equally as much as, as the women have been objectified in that restaurant. Might as well get the dudes objectified, too. It's equal opportunity objectification. You know, let's let's stare at people's privates. It's all good. I mean, isn't that what the internet's for? Yeah, pretty much what the internet's <laughs> for. Uh, I Speaking, think, I think uh, that has done a lot of way to uh, kind of make Hooters kind of you know, you, you know, guys instead of going there, they just you know go. Oh to yeah, the internet. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of made you know Hooters, Skinamax, things like that obsolete. But, uh, but, but Hooters going- actually has good food, so there you go. I haven't been one to one in or twenty five years. No, it's been since last time I went to one. I lived in Florida, so that was probably nineteen ninety ninety one ish ninety two maybe. A long time. But speaking of the internet, speaking of, uh, we have a contest, or I should say, Floyd has a contest since I'm the guest host. Uh, but there is a contest going on right now where you could win one of two prizes. You could win an AEW hoodie or an AEW backpack. Now, to enter, it's you have to do a few things. It's not hard, but it just takes you a moment. And these are not cheap prizes, so come on, people. Get with it. First thing you have to do, you have to subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You can do that in iTunes. You can do that in Stitcher. I think it's on Spotify. You can do it on most, almost all the usual places you find your podcasts. Subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Number two, head over to YouTube. You know you're on there all the time. You know you are. You're watching Beating the Elite. You're watching Road to Double or Nothing. You're watching God knows whatever the hell else. So head over there. In the little search box, you're going to type in the heart of the elite with Tiffany. And you're going to find that, and you're going to hit click subscribe. She's great. She was on the last episode of uh, All Things Elite. And uh, it was a tremendous interview. She sounds like a uh, just a darling person. So you go over there, you click subscribe. Now, 
while you were there, you're going to take a screenshot of you subscribing. And then you're going to go back over to wherever you get your podcast. You're going to take a screenshot uh, that you have subscribed to the Social Suplex Network. And you're going to email those screenshots to allthingselitepod at gmail.com. Again, that's allthingselitepod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. And you're going to send that off to Floyd. Floyd's going to get that. The winners will be uh, picked. Whoever gets the first randomized selection will get the choice between the hoodie or the backpack. Or are you doing uh, they get a choice for either of them? Yeah, I I actually have adjusted the contest this little bit. You can just pick one or two. I'm just okay. I'm, so if you first prize, pick one of the two. Second prize, pick one of the two. So you could both pick hoodies, you could both pick backpacks. Doesn't really matter. I mean you win. I mean you win. So it's like I, I had someone message me that like I'm hoping to get second place. I'm like, dude, you don't have to hope to get second place. If you want whatever you want, I I mean you win whatever you want. I'll send you. They literally cost the same amount. So, <laughs> yes, and and this is not this is not being comped. You know, uh, all elite wrestling is not giving this to Floyd for free. No deals with the pro wrestling tees. This is out of his own pocket floyd is a hard-working man the hours this man puts in you have no idea people so do this go to the social suplex podcast network on your uh, podcast app of choice click subscribe take a screenshot head over to youtube search the heart of the elite with tiffany hit click subscribe take a screenshot email that shit over to all things elite pod at gmail.com and you will be entered to win either a hoodie or a backpack it's not hard take the five minutes come on people all right Definitely, definitely. I, I I look forward to having more people. We only had eleven people message me so far. So right now their chance of winning is really, really high. Someone entered yesterday like I never win these things. I'm like, Well you kinda got a two out of eleven chance. So it's like it's probably the best chance you're gonna have for a while. So hopefully we can get some more people in here. Uh, get some more people following Tiffany, get some more people listening to the show and following me, because we did actually have an increase in show listenership last week based on the contest. I definitely saw it, but we didn't get any people actually entering. We didn't get a lot of people entering contests. All the people that have entered, we definitely appreciate you. We want you to win. That's that's not it. I'm just, I want people listening to the show, subscribing, hopefully leaving a review, you know, just building our community so as usual as as per usual of our show we're gonna the first thing we're gonna do is look into the, this week on being the elite but I, I, I actually tried if you if you noticed i tried to like get my summary down a little bit i felt like most of the people if you listen to this show you've probably watched bte so i don't really need to go as detailed as i go every week but when you don't have a lot to cover, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a light news week um, in in not only just just in wrestling in general. So yeah, no, so I was just like, oh, I was like, it was funny because it's like it's almost redundant because we don't do the show till Friday. You know, BTE comes out on Monday, so you've probably forgotten it. So I guess we do remind you what's going on, but. I was like, we can kind of skim a little bit through, maybe cover a little bit other things this week. Cool. So, so on this show, on this week's episode, uh, start off with Nick and Matt. Uh, 
they're doing this part where everyone's asking them for jobs and they say they don't want to go out on the road anymore because everyone's asking them for jobs and he's like no i got a place in mine already uh, guy got a place in mind already. The Stooges show up and they demand jobs, and they it's like, "Hey, we're gonna uh, throw you out," and they leave. And they, it, they, it was funny because you know you can know they're shooting. It kind of like they broke at the end. They just started laughing out of nowhere. Did you uh, catch that? I did not catch that part. I was uh, I was running late this morning and catching up on BTE, and I may or may not have watched it on double time uh, while I was also fighting with Skype. So I did not catch that nuance. But I, d- who are the who are playing the Stooges? Is it different people? I, I uh, think yeah. I think it's usually like Cody, and uh, okay. I think it's like Cody, maybe Hangman. I don't know. I know it's different people at different times. Sometimes it's CD. I know, uh, I know that, but I just like I said, I don't know at that time who it was because I don't think okay. him and them and Cody were in the same city, but we'll see how that works out. <laughs> um, so we uh, debuted a new eight bit intro. Uh, I thought it looked amazing. Uh, you had uh, if you caught, you had a couple cameos that we had the villain flying down. On an airplane, a plane uh, with his umbrella flying down when SCUs entered, and then at the end of Kenny, you had Book Flip. So Flip and uh, Marty are still part of the intro. So I'm still leaning. I'm still on my. It's uh, Flip is Cody's opponent thing, but we'll see. What? Do, so does anyone know Flip's contract status with Ring of Honor? His contract status, he is, he was, he announced that he had signed for like two or three years in December. So okay, so I know he's, I, uh, he's steady with ROH. I don't think ROH, I, to me, I don't believe the ROH, New Japan, and um, All Elite thing is as contentious as everyone thinks it is. Yeah, that's possible, but it sounds like well, I'm not sure how much Ring of Honor lets their their guys go do one-offs with other places at least in the United States. I know they seem to their people seem to do essentially only work with the companies that they're contracted with. Like they can work PWG, obviously they can work uh New Japan, CMLL and uh RevPro. But you don't see a whole often a lot of these guys popping up in other places um, that I've noticed. Not not that I'm you know watching it super closely. And to be fair, it's not that I'm really up on who is in the current Ring of Honor roster. But I think that Flip is a guy that they, if they were smart, they would build around Flip as far as a future talent. If and I think we might have even talked about this last time, but. Or maybe it was on on the other show, but the uh, I really agree with the uh, Voices of Wrestling guys that they need to Ring of Honor needs to focus on Marty Skrull as long as they have him and use him to build up whoever's going to replace be their next ace. Uh, so yeah, well, I think what's flip is this. I think being on being the elite and at all in has done more to elevate Flip than anything he's done in ROH. That is true. I mean, even the bu- even the uh, bully Ray or Bubba Ray thing, that was cool. But 
he's gotten more the the whole thing with him not being booked on all in and then getting booked that pop when they when they found out it was him everyone knew it was him but still the pop when he took off the mask and it was a flip i think it's done more to elevate him so as uh looking at roh someone else is doing your job for you why not Let yeah them. that's true but I, I do have to ask a question was that thing with bully ray really any good really <laughs> I think because it's Bully Ray and he kind of sucks. It's it's not that it wasn't good. It was overbooked. It was very much an attitude error match. Now I've been doing something weird with my free time that no one will ever do. I, I realized there was a gap in my knowledge about three years of WWE where I just don't remember a lot of what was going on. So I went back to WrestleMania. 2001's WrestleMania, so uh, I didn't. Uh, I watched the backlash after, and I'm gonna watch their whole that whole years of pay per views, just to reacclimate myself to that period of time of wrestling, which I somehow don't remember all that well. And it was just like I watched that match, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is bully!" Like I saw a few matches, and I was like, "Oh, this is bully Ray Ray's flip," because it would have fit right into that the whole overproduced idea of that match fit right yeah. into what the attitude error was and i was like so to people that like the attitude error you know and led nostalgic that match that whole thing with bully ray was perfect to people that you know have evolved and generally like more wrestling in their wrestling storylines probably wasn't their cup of tea Probably, I think that thing just went on too long. That yeah, storyline, because no, no. because I I'm in and out of Ring of Honor, and it seemed like every time I'd I'd pop my head in, I was like, wait, this fucking feud is still going on? Seriously? Yeah, yeah I, I uh, wasn't super. Like I said, I wasn't super into it. I really did love the blow off match. I'm telling you, I loved it. In, in my little heart, it was like four and a half stars, just because I was on the edge of my seat. I even, you know, I figured Flip was gonna win. But how they ended up doing it was just kind of awesome. And then Bully Ray running down everyone that's ever quit in wrestling set up him quitting and made it mean more to me. Yeah. Well, I, I do think long term, I think Flip would be a good addition to All Elite. But there's a part of me that, that is like, okay, this guy is so young. It would almost, if All Elite does, I mean, there's, because in your head, sometimes I think of All Elite almost even, and this is silly to think because it's brand new. They haven't run a show. I mean, you could, the uh, uh, All In was like a precursor. It was like the prequel or the, uh, no, prequels you do later. It was the precursor. It was the ancestor of All Elite It Wrestling. was the pilot. It was, Yes, perfect. It was the pilot. Yeah. So, with, but in a way, because of the people involved, because of the money involved, it feels almost like a destination. Like, if all goes well, you can you will work your career and you will try to either get to AEW or WWE, theoretically. So to me, I'm like, Flip needs to do more before he heads over there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, who knows? AEW might be around for five to ten years and then calls it a day who knows um, yeah I, th- I mean I, I i completely agree with you i mean usually i have it i am i'm not saying flip is ready to go full-time aew but you know being on that show i mean you know it's going to 
put a lot more eyes on you because it is that first show. There's going to be that uh, the newness for a lot of people that people that might not have caught all in and have heard the buzz are going to turn it in. So everybody that you've never heard of, it's they're going to be higher profile no matter what. Yeah. Just because that's true, people are going to be tuning into the show. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I'm actually I'm actually looking into ways trying. I've been actually messaged out to um, uh, miss what's the site called? Good lord, my brain just froze. The site where they streamed the first one, and not on ROH. Twitch? No, good lord, it's the wrestling. Website. It has High wrestling. Spots? It has wrestling in the name. Uh, God, I hate myself. I really do. I thought it was just a standard pay per view, and then it was also on Honor Club, and it was. Isn't it also on um, New Japan World? It was on New Japan World. Uh, let's see. All right. I actually sent a message to them, so I'll be able to fight TV. Duh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. God, Lord, I'm trying to actually message Fight TV. So, what I want to do is ultimately, if I can figure out a way to do it, give out some redeem codes on here for people that can't go to the show. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you essentially want to buy the pay per view for somebody? For yeah, for a few people actually. That's cool. Yeah, because that would also be a cool contest. Yeah, that that's what I want to do, but I gotta work nice. with them because they don't like. I was looking at it; it's not really a way. Like, let's say I wanted to give you the show as a gift. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a way to do that on there, so maybe they can provide me more information. Like, you can't like buy a fight TV gift card for someone or whatever. Because that's what I would have ended up doing. So, but hopefully, you know, if, you know, they announce it's officially on there. We can get it and give out some codes and let people watch it. Because of course, I will be at the show, and right. then I plan on doing like hopefully a live podcast right after. And the goal is the goal with me is to get me doing the podcast and someone that watched it at home. So right after the show, you'll get a, you know, I was at the show. This is what I saw, and then someone that was watching it from home. Oh, that'd be cool. So, but you're not going to be in the room with like four other guys on recording on your phone, right? Like, like you guys did after Elimination Chamber. No, or, no, 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 no. Okay. No, actually, and and that was another thing. I'm going to actually hit up Jeremy from uh, Jeremy from uh, Keeping It Strong Style to see how he does his recording live and get some better equipment. So, when the next time I do that, you know, you could actually hear everyone. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I well, mean that that helps, right? Being able to yeah, exactly. hear exactly. the people that you're supposed to be listening to. Yeah. Now, <laughs> real quick, speaking of if 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 you didn't know already, Floyd hosts another pro wrestling podcast. It's called Around the Ring. You can find it on at aroundtheringok.com. It's a great show. Uh, that's he, he uh, thanks to. Or you could blame me for getting getting Floyd involved in the uh, the podcasting world. He joined me as a co-host on that show, and then when I had to bow out, he uh, gracefully took over and has been doing a great job since then. So if you like what you hear on here, jump over there. Another cheap plug uh, for you. So definitely check that out. Uh, but I, we should probably move on with what else happened to being the elite. Well, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm just smoothing a little quicker through this. Cody and uh, yeah. Brandy were in a a, a, sem- a sensory room, 
Uh, it's uh, you, you, well, but you skipped MJF and Kaylee. Oh Kaylee. no, that's yeah, and this was to me was the funniest one. MJ and Kaylee are in the hall. MJ and Kylie Ray are in the hall. MJ says, MJF says, uh, I heard you. You have this great smile, and I look at it, and it's like, yeah, your teeth could be a little wider. And and then she's eating a chocolate cake. I don't know why these cakes have become a big thing on the show, but he says, I'm glad you're not a person that worries about your figure. He, I mean, he negs her really, really hard, and you know, she does this really good sad face as he walks away I just, she does that was a great sad face yeah i just thought that was just a real it was like that nuance was that whole segment was about nuance and i think they both hit it really really hard yeah they they had a good chemistry the thing i will say about this is one that cake looked delicious oh my god i love me some chocolate cake um and, and two it's i've seen mjf you know i saw his match at, at all in um he's not in the best shape i mean he's i'd be i'd love to be in as good a shape as he's, as he's in but you know he's no hangman he's no he's certainly no Pac. so it's not like he's all ripped and stuff and uh it looks like and i've never seen kylie ray in her gear but it certainly looks like she's probably in better shape than he is so yeah know. yeah he's uh but, he's a, he's a great character he is like one of my favorite characters in wrestling he is old school asshole heel to a t i mean he obviously studied at the feet of 80s rick flair uh and and the like yeah so yeah, yeah. he's definitely there uh then uh this is why i was talking about cody and brandy were in uh culture city space they were at uh stadium in, uh they were in atlanta at the basketball arena and they had a culture city space for people with sensory issues and it's pretty much almost soundproof uh you can turn out the lights you can do all sorts of things to uh, if you're overwhelmed by the sound of one of the sporting events and this is a great partnership for all elite wrestling i like i said i you know sometimes i do sound like a shield but you know they say you know all elite is for everyone and it's like they're even you know including people i wouldn't even think to include you know when i and when they were talking about everyone i always think you know or sexual orientation you know uh, that kind of thing lgbtq community but now there's like okay we're reaching out to people with you know different sensory issues uh ptsd autism you know, th- you know, definitely people on the spectrum, and it's just—it's not something I would have ever thought about. And I'm blown away that they have gotten that partnership and they're running with it as much as they are. Yeah, I think that is very cool. Um, now, I, I, I want to bring something up on this, and, and uh, I'm I'm putting Floyd here on the spot. So, the, uh, they are. Recently, on an episode of Voices of Wrestling, um, Joe Lanza was because they talk so positively, and that show's been um, uh, criticized of being too close to the elite crew, being um, what's the term? Uh, co-opted. Yeah. And uh, he said, "Okay, well, here's some things that I don't like about what they're doing." And one of the things he said is that they're being too performatively woke. 
in that they are, here's all this progressive stuff that we're doing and we're going to tell you about it. And he's like, don't tell us about it, just do it. Now, so what makes me wonder is, so that made me think of, of uh, oh, hold on, let me rephrase this. So earlier this week, I saw someone dig, dug up a tweet from one of the Young Bucks bashing Barack Obama. Uh, from back in like 2009, because that's what the world needs is people going 10 years back in the past, digging up tweets to try to make people look bad. Knock that shit off people. Stop it. Um, but the, the person, uh, Joey numbers from wrestling soup made a comment on, on one of these tweets that said, uh, you know, it's uh, something along the lines of they have this company that is, is, is pushing all these essentially quote unquote liberal ideas. Um, but says something like this makes you wonder if they're full of, you know, if they're, you know, just full of crap. Um, and so it makes me wonder, I guess I have a multifold question. One, where do you, do you think it's Cody and Brandy that are the ones pushing a lot of these things like the sensory things, which, and I, for one think the way that they are running this company is tremendous. I think they've got the right attitude. I think they're coming at it all the right way from everything we've seen. I'm not, I'm not denouncing it in any way, shape or form. I think it's, I think what they're doing is great. So that's first, but Anytime you see people taking bold stands, you know there's going to be a backlash some there because, God forbid, if uh, if we have a movie that has a centerpiece of a woman, there's a pissed-off white guy out there who's like, well, what about me? Uh, that, that's a Captain, Amer- Captain uh, Marvel reference for those of you who don't know, but because there are a bunch of angry white people, uh, men specifically, angry at Captain Marvel, but fuck them. Uh, anyway, so... Who do you think a lot of these initiatives are coming from? That's part one. And part two, when do you think we're going to get the super backlash about stop pushing your politics with your wrestling company? I don't think you will. I mean, I think the most of the elite fandom are passionate and the people that care don't, you know, already understood what their politics are. And I don't think one has to do with the other. You can be inclusive and not like Barack Obama. You can be someone that's all about including everyone in your sporting event and basically saying, I will take cash from anybody. I mean, that's honestly, I mean, if you want to brass tax it, you want to asshole it, you want to take all the good out of it, basically what they're saying is we'll take money from anyone. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's going to argue against that? Good. That's, I mean, you're right. That's, uh... <laughs> They're like, we're not excluding anyone from coming to our company. If you want to come to our show and you can afford it, you're welcome. <laughs> we want your money. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. I'm just saying, if you want to take all the positivity out of it, you know I'm a positive person. You know I try to focus on it. But if you want to take out a positive, all the positive, that's what they're saying. We'll take your money. We don't care who you are. Come watch wrestling. We're going to put on a great show. You're going to enjoy it. You're going to get your money's worth. If you have issues where you can't stand being around lots of lights and lots of people, we got a spot for you. Don't not spend your money with us because of this. We will take care of you. I mean, yeah, that you know, that's I. This is <laughs> this is why I like your attitude, Floyd. You you just break it down. 
just <laughs> nuts and bolts of I want your money. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your politics are. If you can come here and you can afford it, I will take your money. It, and I'm going to make it as comfortable for everyone possible so yes. I can take your money. And that's what I'm like. When you they break it down and people talk about performatively woke, I'm just like, it's, it's it, I mean, if you want, you want to say woke, you want to say business strategy, they say we're just not excluding anyone. That's all they're saying. That, we're not, yeah. We don't prefer anyone. Green is green. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is if – because – I see this, and I, and yes, I think that is some of the motivation, but I think it at least comes off as more genuine than just, hey, we just want your money. No, and I, it, I, you know, I agree with that. I think it is completely genuine, and I think the idea is genuine. I was saying for the people that are skeptical and not lo- and looking at it at an overly, you take if you take the the huggy feely sensitive shit out of it. He, they're basically saying we'll take your money. Yeah, I know, but okay, I do think it. it's genuine. I think Brandy really cares about these issues. I think Cody cares. I think the Bucks care. I think they all care about changing the way wrestling is perceived. I think they think about changing the world. I think they believe in everyone getting along. I think these are all fundamental ideas of the company. I mean, shit. I mean, you can hear it in the way I talk. I do. I truly. They actually make me care more than I did before, because I'm not really a big charity or caring person. I'm not, but I have become more that way from following the elite. They've opened my eyes to a lot of issues and things like that. But if you want to talk about it from a business standpoint, you're like, how's this company going to run? They are doing the most ingenious thing possible. They're not excluding anyone. Yeah, very true. And and they are because it does come off as genuine. Unlike if WWE tried to do something like this, it would be everyone would see right through it. There would be tons of eye rolls. I might, you know, my eyes might roll so far back in my head that I am looking at my brain, literally. Um, because you know that the McMahons, they literally just want your money and they hate you, but they still want your money. Uh, so, so yeah, that's okay. That That's just, I wanted to, since this was something that came up during the show, uh, I thought this would be something good to discuss. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and, you know, the WWE shows you they don't care when they give basically half their tickets to Ticketmaster and let them sell them at platinum prices where you're having to pay $300 to sit up in the 300s because they're their special platinum seats. Yeah, the only thing special or platinum about that is the amount you're paying for them. Exactly, because they say, oh, these are Ticketmaster special platinum seats. They charge you like three times what the original price was. Then they charge you $100 in fees. Dude, that is just shady. So I'm guessing with something like that, Ticketmaster buys those tickets from WWE. Yeah. And then they get to sell them at a markup. Yeah, it's basically them scalping their own tickets. That's messed up. Yeah, it's it it completely sucks. And and people laughed at Pearl Jam back in the '90s when they went to Congress and said Ticketmaster's a bunch of shady shady people. You know, it's bearing out. You yeah. should have listened to old Eddie Vedder. He's a so, wise man. So there's some seats in the section I love. I love sitting. Uh, I love sitting uh, when you come out. It's opposite camera side. Not in the not on the floor, but that first section off the floor. There's two seats 
in Ticketmaster right now, they're a $1,000 a piece for that section. Oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah. It, okay, so the thing about that, yeah, it's cause you're that's the part you're on camera. But 90% of the time, when someone's cutting a promo, you're going to be looking at their backs. It's like going to a concert and having the seat behind the stage. Dude, I, I can tell you, Orlando, I sat in that section. Uh, for, I guess I was 33, and, uh, yeah, as far as a view, it's, it was the best view I've ever had at a WrestleMania, so, I'm telling you, the seat is awesome, it's awesome, don't get me wrong, it's just a thousand bucks, you know, that used to be ringside seats with a chair, now, you know I mean, a thousand bucks gets you in the lower bowl. That's ridiculous, it's not worth it, and... Hopefully somebody doesn't. Hopefully people don't actually buy it, and they'll have to drop their prices. It's New York; everyone's buying it, and it's WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, um, speaking of the old school WWF, the Young Bucks got a present in the mail. Yeah, the LJN uh, figures. They used to be the old stationary figures, the big rubber figures that they had in the eighties. I remember. Uh, I remember Hogan, Andre the Giant. Um, for some reason, I think like the big, I don't maybe the big boss man had one, but I know it was Hogan and Andre the Giant, and I believe Macho Man were like the three original ones, and they were the stationary figures. You couldn't really move them at all; they were rubber, and it was just like they were almost statues. But you could pretty much figure it out. Well, so did you did you have any of those? Oh, yeah, I had Hogan. I had Hogan, Andre, and Macho Man. I had Hogan, Macho Man, Ricky Steamboat, and Junkyard Dog. That is awesome. JYD. JYD. Oh, yeah. I love me some Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the Young Bucks, the, they literally relaunched this product to do one for the Young Bucks. And they had the big box and they unboxed them. And apparently, these ones you can actually move around. There is a, they're actually movable that you can put them in different poses or whatever that's cool uh, which is awesome uh i'm very excited i plan on definitely getting one i plan on the goal is to get one for me and then get another one get it signed and probably give it out on the show because i like to give shit away that's just me uh you know that about me you know that oh yeah it is like say, if it's like it, it, and believe me I, I know a lot of people like oh he's just trying to get people to listen to the show no i genuinely just like to give away shit I really it, do. It, yes, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Floyd is one of the most gen- generous people I've ever met in my life. He gives so much stuff away. He buys so much stuff for his friends and family. It's incredible. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I, I came back from a poster uh, from WrestleMania that I hadn't gotten signed by 30 people, and I just gave it away. I'm not saying that to brag. It's just, I, I like, I'd rather, if it'll make a... Like, if it'll make the kid happier to have it than me, it's sitting in my closet or whatever, I give it away to the kid. It's kind of what I do. (laughs) You know, speaking of people who give stuff away, Sammy Guevara gave a bang energy drink to to some dude who I'd never seen before. And I actually saw them on YouTube wrestling each other, but it wasn't the new bang energy drink, so he hates that guy. So, oh, okay, is that, is that how that gimmick works? Yeah, so uh, Sammy G is, I think the gimmick is that he's a genuinely nice guy, <laughs> but people still don't like him. 
Yeah, see, Sammy Guevara is a guy that I've heard of a lot in the last few years. I've never seen him wrestle. Uh, I saw him wrestle at NWA 70, and it was actually, he's very talented. His tights are very small. Okay. I've I've heard he is great, so I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what he does in AEW. He is great, and he, and let me say, he's a very attractive man. Like, in person, up close, very good-looking guy. Oh, you can tell just on, on camera he's a good-looking dude. He's yeah. short, though, right? I mean, honestly, about an inch or two shorter than me. I mean, okay. Because yeah. so, he looked like maybe that Gino guy he was talking to is just a lot taller. Cause, yeah, for, he was about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he's not short. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, yeah, we got the camera on Kenny, and this is I think this was the money shot of the episode. It, Kenny's talking. And everything he's saying is like he's trying to talk to Ibushi. And then you find out it's Michael Nakazawa. Now, I have found more about Michael Nakazawa from listening to other people. He's apparently a comedy wrestler. Uh, he, you know, and he helps a lot of the Americans when they're in Japan. And he's worked with Kenny for a lot of years. So Kenny offers him a backstage role. He He's not really excited about that. And he's like, well, you lost to the promoter of a video game <laughs> a video game show which I never watched that show but I, I do know what when it happened so apparently he's like a jobber <laughs> and and uh, but no he does a lot from what I understand he does a lot backstage he does a lot helping the Americans and the Japanese uh, when Americans when they're in Japan and because they are trying to work with Japan and China and all those type of things. I guess he can be a good liaison. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about him other than what I've heard on other podcasts. And uh, but the best part was was then you see Matt Jackson watching a video of this. He's like, "Who the hell is Michael Nakazawa? Why are we signing all these people?" That was great. That was kind of a theme on this episode. Yeah, all your friends are getting signed. See, which is funny because you know Brandon Cutler got signed. And I don't know if you know who Brandon Cutler is. Do not. No, he's basically the Young Bucks friend. <laughs> and his wife does a lot of their gear. And, you know, and like I said, he's fresh. And, I mean, he from what I've seen, he can work. But it's just like he wasn't on the list of, like, people trying to get signed. WWE wasn't knocking down his door. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cody is at One Fall Power Factory working. And Brandy's working on her rest holds. So Brandy's in the ring training. Uh, he's basically rehabbing, looking very frustrated because, you know, he's Cody and he wants to be up doing stuff. He's asked if Hangman's doing a work, that fat-ass Adam Page. Then he said, uh, Marty's girl, God bless his soul, because, you know, Marty's dead. And, uh, yeah, and uh, that leads to a very 80s a very 80s segment of a hangman in the kitchen talking about the hashtag full gear challenge and he shows some of the people doing it who have used the hashtag we saw at Anne marie bear that uh she was on there and you saw her working out doing some lifts and how she's doing the full gear challenge then we saw pretty much who's been getting the credit for pretty much getting this thing started at andy nimity uh, which uh, you said you like that name, right? 
I did. Yeah, yes. that's that's a nice, nice, uh, nice ring. I call him definitely friend of the show. I'm hoping to get him on here before Double or Nothing. Heck uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping to get him on to uh, do an interview for Double or Nothing because something that started as a joke ended up exploding. You know, it's one of those weird things that happen. Uh, and you know, uh, Hangman talks about the struggles of trying to get somehow lose weight but still get bigger <laughs> and then you used to get this flash of neville and he is ripped to high hell i mean it is just like the biggest flash but it's like if you think you're in shape right and you have some kind of self-esteem issues unfortunately that wouldn't have helped it no <laughs> No, it's, it's, if you if you have self esteem issues about your body, do not look at at Adrian Neville, i.e. Pac. Yes, uh, ever. Yeah. That that actually kind of reminded me. There was a uh, on, on I think it was either on an episode of NXT or that show they did on the network that was behind the scenes breaking ground, where they were they were following that dude Tino Savatelli around. Whatever happened to that guy? Who fucking cares? Anyway, so Tino's talking to Ty Dillinger, and Ty Dillinger's like, yeah, I thought I was in good shape. Then I saw this guy, and if you don't know Tino Sabatelli, the guy is stupidly, obscenely ripped. He's like, not quite Neville ripped, but he is just Adonis body ripped. And, uh, and you know, Ty Dillinger's in really good shape. Yeah! So, yeah. So, yeah. Yes. That kind of reminds me of this. Yeah, Neville has like... I, I couldn't even begin to count. It looks like a twelve pack. <laughs> like it's just, I like Neville looks like he hasn't eaten food that he he's enjoyed in like years. You know, and maybe he enjoys the stuff he eats. Oh man, that would be. I would hate him so much if he just could live off of grilled chicken, brown rice, and veggies. I would hate him because <laughs> the one thing that me as a if me as a fat person, and I'm gonna say I'm fat, have no problem with it. The one thing I say is, you might be in shape, but I enjoy everything I eat. <laughs> that you know, there there is something to be said for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so no, but uh, yeah. Shout shout out to everyone on the Full Gear Challenge. Uh, I, I I'm wishing you the best. I I send uh, I send my daily prayers up to my respective deity that you all succeed because the world being in better shape just helps everybody. So this is a great thing. We you have a community. If you don't know, if you happen to be listening to the show, you're not aware. Not aware. Put in hashtag Full Gear Challenge on Twitter, and there is a community of people willing to support you on your weight loss goal. Um, I was actually going to bring this up to Dave because Dave is a success story. Dave was larger and he has worked out a lot. He works out every morning. Uh, We were talking about he had to work out before he got on the show today. He does what he can. He was talking about how many steps do you say you have to get in? Um, I, so my uh, 10,000, when I go to the gym in the morning, I, it's, I'm doing cardio and my, I have my, my daily goal is 10,000. But when I go to the gym, my goal is to get the 10,000 before I leave. You know, and like I said, you have your different stars. I'm very proud of Dave for the work that he put in. I mean, he definitely hashtag do the work every day. 
every day. Uh, shout out to Tiffany. She posts all the time. She's at Planet Fitness. She does the gyms at her uh, apartment. She does whatever she can to lose weight. I, as a person that have been large all my life, I do understand the daily struggles with making sure you're working out, eating healthy, trying to feel better. So to you, to Tiffany, to all the people that, you know, you still deal with it every day, I commend you. Understand, I look up to you. Y'all are my heroes. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Uh, I'm... I'm not doing anything special. I've just, I've learned that I just have to be, I just kind of have to really pay attention to what I eat. And I still eat stuff that I love. I mean, there's stuff that I don't eat anymore. I used to eat a lot of pasta uh, and I don't eat pasta very often because the amount of calories in pasta is ridiculous. Uh, So yeah, I do. I will look, I look at calories because I count calories. And I uh, have a goal that I set, and I try to stay under that. Um, I don't always do great because my I I really would like to be under twenty three hundred calories every day. Most days I I hit between twenty three and twenty five hundred. Um, I hit twenty four hundred a lot, but it's still within I I burn that much most days anyway with the amount of exercising I do, uh, and and I just try to make sure I'm active. Like I do things at work, it's silly, but I will make sure I will go out of my way to do extra steps. Like, okay, I need to go from spot A to spot B, and I need to go get this. Oh, but I also need to do this other thing, which is on the way. I'll wait and I'll do that separately, and I do that so I get I have to walk around more. Um, and I work in a library, so I there's lots of times that we are out shelving, and. Um, it, used to be where well normally what you do is you have a cart of books and dvds audiobooks whatnot and you push it out into the area that you're shelving and you just start putting stuff up well i've gotten in the habit of when i shelve i leave the carts in the office i go walk in grab a handful because uh, literally that's all i can grab and then i go put them out and i walk back get some more and i do that it's not the most efficient thing in the world but it is one there's no real hurry no one dies as we like to say and uh and two i'm trying to be just more active and and it's little things like that help but really the thing i found is when i started uh, paying attention to the amount i was eating and the calories and how much it was it was kind of crazy and uh, I really started this in August 2017, and since then I've lost 90 pounds. Yeah, you know what? And like I like I said, the change is amazing. When when I you know when I knew him, he was a larger person, and now it's like he's very small. And he's like, I, like I pick up a shirt from him, he's like, I want a large, and I'm like, Are you sure? And I forget, <laughs> I forget that you have lost half of your body mass or whatever. Yeah, I no, I I I was an absolute fatty. At my heaviest, I weighed two hundred and seventy six pounds, and uh, that's for being a guy who's five foot seven. That ain't good. And I, you know, how on Facebook and stuff, it shows you memories, and I'll see pictures from like four years ago, and it's like, oh sweet God, I was large. I'm still I'm still fat. I still got ways to go, but um, no, no, you're you're not fat. You might be a little overweight. You're not fat. 
at all. <laughs> I'm I'm trying very hard not to be. It's it is weird. I buy clothes now, and it's I, I used to buy three XL shirts, and my pants were like size forty four. And now I buy large shirts, and I think the jeans I'm wearing right now are thirty threes. Uh, but it's that Walmart brand George, and their sizes are a little different than everyone else's. Like I think that their thirty three is really a thirty four. But sometime in the next, by the end of summer, I'll probably have to get a new pair of pants. Hopefully, I got to work on get my butt smaller. <laughs> well, don't hey, you know we like them round and big, so don't forget about that. Uh, true. I mean, that Sir Mix a Lot did teach us that. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, like yeah, like I said, definitely that's good. What's your real quick? What's your go-to like meal? What's like your best healthy meal? <sighs> you know, I don't know if I really have one because we we t- anymore. Mike, so uh, I've got a couple kids. Um, one of them is in college and has moved out. And so she lives up in Edmond, um, which is part of the Oklahoma City metro area, which is where we live, for those of you who don't know. The other, uh, our son, he's a senior, he's 18, he's hardly ever home. So generally, we it's just me and my wife for dinner. And so we fluctuate between uh, making some kind of chicken uh, sometimes it's like grilled chicken. Sometimes it's uh, like chicken tenderloins with, we get the, uh, it's essentially shake and bake, but it's a craft brand that we use because it's better. Uh, we have that and like fries or that, and we get the little mini potatoes. Um, and then I make burgers. So just, you know, lean ground beef and then some fries. And then we make, um, chili and when i make chili it's a combination of lean ground beef and lean ground turkey and then sometimes we make tacos or nachos and that's i always make that with ground turkey so that is so it's damp- stuff you like just with oh, yeah. better options on it yeah better options and i don't eat near uh, near as much uh so yeah no i still i mean i have been in a bad habit recently but i've almost every day been getting an ice cream from brahms uh, because by God, they have some of the best chocolate ice cream in the world. Oh, and I eat the fudge out of bananas, oh. man. I never liked bananas for years, and in the last few months, I tried one. I was like, "Damn, this is good!" Because I'm trying to eat more fruits and vegetables, and so I have probably three to five bananas every day. Well, well, that has been your diet corner. And uh, no, yes. but like no, it, it's it's appropriate because of the hashtag full gear challenge. I would have never thought that doing uh all uh, doing a show about the lead in AEW that I'd be talking about exercise and living right. But because of this full gear challenge, I mean everything we just talked to pretty much was on uh, on brand. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. exactly. And I I love the full gear challenge because one thing I've noticed since I have been working hard on being healthier is you start to notice how unhealthy so many people are. And it's, it's really sad, and really concerning that there are so many people who just take such terrible care of themselves. And if you're, if you're going to do this, if you're on the fence, if you've never done anything like this before, the best advice I can give you is start slow, really just yes. work yourself into it. Cause it's, 
you, you'll get burned out, and that's the worst thing that can happen. Well, I can give you a warning story. Or you can make yourself really, really ill. I have tried keto twice in the last four months, and I went really... First time, I went really, really fast. I'm a, I'm a do-it-or-don't-do-it type person. Got myself sick. Second time, I went through, watched all the videos, went slower. Got myself sick. Found out keto was not for me. I need to find out a different diet that will work for me. I, I am all for keto. I think it's perfect. I know a lot of people on it. I It I actually be perfect for me, but my body rejects it. So Yeah, and, and the thing with, with like keto is known, there's this thing called the keto flu. Yes. And you, it's like you get horribly sick for a few weeks, and then once your body adjusts, you're fine. For me, I can't do any wackadoo diets. I just needed to get control of what I was eating and, and be mindful of how much. Yeah, it, and, it, and, it, it's definitely extreme. I'm just going to yeah. say that. Yeah. But uh, speaking of extreme, Matt was extremely complaining about everyone who wants jobs from a t-shirt company. Yeah, and uh, it was funny. I I was trying to get on Reddit to get questions for the show for the little Q&A part at the end. And said, a podcast about a t-shirt company, uh, you know, no thanks. And I put, okay. Now, I, I get it. In February, they were, what do you mean, like January, they were a t-shirt company. But once you sell tickets to a show, you are no longer a t-shirt company, right? I think so. I think and, that is a reasonable. Yes. And they have one show. And they've literally sold every ticket that they had available to show the show. So, they're really good at selling tickets to nothing, I guess. You know what I mean? It's just like, they've sold 100% of the tickets they've ever sold. I'm like, I don't know how many companies sold out their first show. Like, completely sold out. Not comped, not papered, just sold out their first show. Oh, yeah. And even well-established companies, WWE, can't sell out crap anymore. Yes, so they they ran a, a legitimate arena, and they sold out their first show. So anyone that still calls them a t-shirt company is basically an ostrich with their head in the sand or whatever. Pretty much, yeah. Because they, they're far past the t-shirt company at this point. They sell the shit out of t-shirts, don't get me wrong. They'll sell you a backpack, they'll sell you a hoodie, you know? Yep. They'll sell you more than a t-shirt, and they'll sell you tickets. I mean, they they sold out a show. They've announced their second show. They still haven't ran their first one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And that, that was that's something that is going to be in Jacksonville. Yes, and yeah, uh, that that's what they announced at the end of the show. Um, yeah, so we we get Matt complaining about everybody getting hired. T-shirt company co. Hun, don't get me started on the TV thing. Then you get SCU. They're doing their money has gone to their head bit. So they haven't done it a SCU bit in a while, and they were trying to think of places to go in Austin, and they said they all suck. Chris Wolf came in, and CD reminded her that she needs to go to her poor people locker room because they had a pretty, they literally had a man holding up a mirror. Yeah, but they were still looked like they were in an absolute shithole. Is what was funny. <laughs> yeah, so that she, looked like such a dump. She's like, go to your broom closet, and Chris Wolf says, oh, "What did she say? Uh, you guys have changed and have." Have fun with your empty existence. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I will tell anybody this. I, I, I make pretty good money in life. Uh, you know, I, I'm very, I'm comfortable. 
uh, that, you know, that's how I can give away shit. Um, yeah, if it, to me, it's like, yeah, money's not everything. Like, for me, I can tell you, I get more joy out of giving away money than all the shit I buy. <laughs> it's kind of weird, I know. So, if, if money doesn't make you happy, it's because you're not doing something right with it. But if you help other people, I guarantee you, you will feel better. Yes. No, but uh, yeah, no, that was no, uh, that was a very funny bit with SCU. I mean, it's obviously money; it's not going their head. But everyone thinks everyone has a million dollar contract at AEW. You know, they no one's no one's actually you know counting the beans, which is kind of silly because <laughs> you know it's yeah. ran by a billionaire. They don't get that way by you know being frivolous with money. Exactly. <laughs> Plus, they've got Chris Mukigane Harrington. Yes, uh, under the books. Yeah, he gets and, a shout out later. I love me. You introduced me to the WrestleNomics. Yes. yes. Yeah. That that we'll we'll talk about him in the Road to Double or Nothing. All right. So since it was a filler episode, they felt like they should announce something. So July thirteenth at Daly's Place Amphitheater in Jacksonville will be Fight for the Falling. The location holds fifty five hundred people. Um, it is literally five days before I get married. So, I want to go. I, I really, really want to go. But, yeah, odds are I'm not going to be able to. I want to go. More than anything. But in my life, I don't answer to a lot of people. Dave knows that. I am a very independent person. There is one person I answer to. And that As is, well you should. There is my beautiful fiance, Crystal. What she says goes. And, like, uh, I don't care what you think, but what she says goes. She allows me to go to WrestleMania. She puts up with me working as many hours as I do and giving away free shit. Uh, She uh, puts up with me going to WrestleMania every year. And she puts up with a lot of my friends and a lot of my random things. She even supports me going on some of my last-minute things. So if she says, hey, this one thing you cannot do, you know what I'm going to say? Okay, babe. And yeah. I'm just not going to go. <laughs> I'm going to give you a piece of advice. A former co-worker said he was given uh, at his wedding, uh, a guy named Rodney we used to work with at the Sprints. Uh, he said at his wedding, um, a family member got up and said, I'm going to teach you the most two important words you will know ever need to know to get through your marriage. Yes, dear. And you know what? And that would be, that would work. And I would honestly say, you know, I could live a life like that and be fine. But she doesn't complain about so she doesn't complain about anything. <laughs> you know how much <laughs> I do. Oh yeah, no, you you have found <laughs> your soulmate. So yeah, she, and I, she doesn't complain about anything. And she's like, well, five days before <coughs> we get married, excuse me, I want your full attention on our wedding. Can I really argue against that? No, that is not an unreasonable request. <laughs> you know, no, it's like it's at an, all. It's not an unreasonable request. Like I said, she has she has my heart, love of my life. Uh, again, I am extremely friendly person. I want to throw this out there, and this is do we need it? If I ever hit you up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything like that, and I'm like chatting, I'm literally just friendly. <laughs> I'm not flirting with you. I don't want to date you. I am as happy as possible male or female doesn't matter i am literally only want to talk about wrestling because i just like talking about wrestling have people thought you were flirting with them 
I, I've gotten a feeling sometimes, like I'll hit someone up and I've gotten a feeling that they thought I was flirting with them. I'm like, but literally all I'm talking about is wrestling. Like, seriously, who you like watching wrestling, you go into a show, that kind of stuff. Not for the most part. I don't think I can flirt, personally. I don't. I, I don't think I am incredibly comfortable talking to women that I want to date. You know what I mean? Me and Crystal were friends and then we started dating. That's kind of that's kind of my thing. So, I don't even know how I would start to try to date someone on uh in in someone's DMs. I don't even know how that would work. Yeah, I, I don't either. I don't <laughs> I, I don't understand any of that. I, I, uh, yeah, so. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a nerd, even though if you do, I don't reject it or anything. I wouldn't call myself a nerd. I'm I'm more of the jock. Like I'm in the sports and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm more lean toward the jock side of things, you know, you know that kind of thing. But you know, but I can tell you now, when it comes to women, I am very very nerdy. But like I said, if you ever get the message, if you ever see the AEW guy on there, it's just I saw you post something and I thought it was interesting. And hey, let's get to know you a little bit better, you know. Hashtag wrestling community. But I yeah, am not no. a big post on people's page where everybody sees where I post thing. That's annoying to me. I don't necessarily want everyone to know what I think all the time. It's just not what I want to do. <laughs> what? You don't You don't think the world needs to know your opinion on everything? I only want them to know my opinion on wrestling. That's why I do two podcasts. Oh, man, Floyd, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like, like seriously. I mean, I've asked, people have said I have interesting thoughts on life and I should do like a public opinion podcast. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I'm good. I ain't Man, just... what would we call that? We got to think of a name for the show. Man. <laughs> no, but because I, I do. I have a way of looking at life and I am very positive, but I am very realist. I have this realistic view of life and it's just like, like I said, I, I tell people all this time when they talk about me being large, I say I'm here for a good, not a long time. And I'm very honest about that. And it is, sometimes it even shakes people that I'm so honest about it. But it's just who I am. You want to know what I think? I will tell you. But you better not. You better be really wanting to know what I think. Because I'm going to tell you. No, but... uh. Yeah, so that's what I do. I talk about wrestling because I like talking about wrestling. Yes, uh, he does. Yes, yes, he does. So, uh, uh, what were you going to say? Well, speaking real quick before we move on to the um, Road to Double or Nothing, uh, this is kind of Cody related, but did you see that uh, Arrow will be ending with uh, season eight next year with a shortened 10 episode season? I was actually meant to bring that up in the show notes because he, you know, Stephen Amell worked with uh, all of the wrestling. Uh, well, excuse me. He worked with in the pilot of All In with Christopher Daniels. And I wondered if since this would open up his schedule, maybe he'd do more wrestling. I think he enjoys it. So maybe he could do some more, I mean, guest matches or whatever, which would be awesome. I'm very depressed that Arrows is... Uh, leaving, it is one of my favorite shows on television. Uh, honestly, honestly, when it came on, I wasn't that super big of a TV watcher. And like, I watch the whole Arrowverse now, 
or the DC verse on a CW verse or whatever. I watch every, including Black Lightning, and that all started with Harold. I met Stephen Amell, super pleasant person, uh, amazing person. But if he thinks it's time to hang it up, I say go with God because. I don't, the thing about it is I felt like he put everything into that character when he plays it, and if it got to the point where he wasn't going to put everything into that character, it's better that you just bow out. Yeah, I think they're doing the smart thing of ending while the show's still good, and it's, you know, they, being a 10-episode season, it lends credence to the theory that he is going to die in next year's crossover, uh, which is called Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, so, the, and it, the, by the time, 10 episodes, that's around the time they do the crossovers. So, I think you're, my theory is we are going to see him in the crossover. He's going to die because in, the, in this year's crossover in Elseworlds, he went to the monitor and he saved Flash and Supergirl. And the comic book event that next year's crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earths, is is pulling from, which is called Crisis on Infinite Earths, the two major deaths in that event are Barry Allen, The Flash, and Supergirl. So I think they're going to flip it. Oliver Queen's going to sacrifice himself and die. And then at the after the break, maybe that's when they're going to start Batwoman up as the next as the show to replace it. So it it'll be interesting. It's a uh, so yeah, as we said, um, Floyd was saying he's not a nerd. I'm a nerd. No, so. no. Um, and then hopefully you'll be an episode of BTE, and you'll see Stephen Amell have a, a phone, and a countdown starts clicking on it, and that it ends at the end of the show when he can now be on all the wrestling. That would be cool. I actually want to see him do other things in acting because he is a really good actor. Yeah, yeah. And you know what needs really good acting? Wrestling. <laughs> I'm Indeed. just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just, I I really enjoyed his every match he's been in. He's super athletic. I really enjoy what he does. I mean, I know you know CD uh, did a carry job last time, but you know I think he's one of those people. You give him time, he'd be good at it. Oh yeah, he's a parkour dude. He's he's super athletic. Right. Yeah. Just so, I just want to point everyone out. Uh, Cody had an interview in the New York Post uh, this week. Uh, it looks like in, in, in it, he calls Jericho a bigot of a dick. So there looks to be some kind of storyline going on with Chris Jericho and Cody. And then in the Brandy interview, uh, she did one with ProWrestling.com. She talks about uh, proving that change the world is more than a catchphrase for all, uh, all all elite wrestling. Talks about their deal with Culture City. A lot of a lot of it's focused on that, and just how basically every they want to be an all inclusive, all inclusive uh, brand. And it talks about her job as the brand officer, chief brand officer. So we get into Road to All or Nothing, you know, All or Nothing Episode Six. You did not get to watch this, right? 
No, I did watch it this morning. Uh, okay, so it was, yeah, it was like super short. I was gonna get kind of gonna get angry. I was like, it's only like six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it takes even less time when you watch it on double speed. Yeah, uh, in loving memory of Luke Perry, uh, he unfortunately passed away. This is relation to all elite wrestling because he is the father of signed wrestler Jungle Boy, which is Jack Perry, I believe that's his name. Uh, he, he uh, so Luke Perry passed away. Uh, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, huh. that sucked. That was just out of the middle of nowhere. He had a massive stroke, and strokes are no fooling, man. They will mess you up. And, uh, you know, I, I was the age, being a Gen Xer, uh, I was the target age for Beverly Hills 90210. And, in fact, when they graduated high school on the show was the same year I graduated high school. So I may or may not have cried during that episode. Don't at me. Uh oh why did I just say that? Oh Jesus, I'm giving myself douche chills right now. Oh, that was awful. Sorry. Anywho, um yeah, Luke Perry super sad. What really impressed me in the last few years is his performance on Riverdale. It's been tremendous. He was a much better actor than I ever gave him credit for and he's 52 years old. That's my brother's age. Uh, it's uh it's just scary, man. It's it sucks. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, definitely. Uh, he was, I'm only a few years younger than you. And so he was definitely, I grew up, you know, on the 90210. And, you know, you wanted to, I mean, Dylan was our Fonzie. You know what I mean? You wanted to be yep. that cool. You wanted to be, he was the troubled youth that all the women wanted. And he was super awesome. And I, like I said, I watched like, I remember I watched like every episode of 90210, like until I think they were like the Peach Pig was a nightclub or something like that, and then I think that's might when I started fading away. I think Tiffany Amber Thiessen was on the show. Yeah, <laughs> she t- she took um, when Shannon Doherty left. I think she took she came in. Yeah, so it was just like I saw. You know, some of my childhood favorites grow up, I, and then now it's funny because I'm like, I'm 37, I turned 38 this year, and I realize, you know, and I think, I'm, oh, she's like 45, and he's like, he got so old, and I was like, because I got so old, you know, many, <laughs> they age because I, you know, we all age at the same time, and it's kind of crazy. Uh, it, it is kind of crazy, I figure, like, how much closer in age that I am to them than it seemed like when I was young. Oh yeah, especially you had when that show was out. You had um, the the lady, the girl who was the worked on the the newspaper. She was like in her thirties. Gabrielle um, Cateris. Yes, she was in her thirties when we were teenagers, and she was supposed to be playing a teenager. And it's like, oh no, it, her. It was the, the two real standouts were her and Ian Ziering. It's like, no, homeboy, you haven't been fifteen in like fifteen years. It's like, come on, quit fooling. Uh, he has aged well, though. Luke Perry looks better now. Looked better now than he did when he was on the show. It's it's like the his hairline did not continue to recede because he always kind of had a slightly questionable hairline back then. But it it works when you're 52. Yeah, aged tremendously well. Um, yeah, like Tiffany Amber Theodson is only 45. And, I, you know, I was like, when I was young, she just seemed so much older. I'm like, she's only seven years older than me. <laughs> it's like, no, she's not that old. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's she's basically my age. I turned 45 this year, so. What? Because you're old, dude. You're 
I am. Oh, no, no, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> you'll outlive me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you just think I'll work out and eat right. I don't know. I try. I had Del Rancho yesterday. It was amazing. Oh, man, I haven't had Del Rancho in years. Did you have the steak sandwich supreme? Uh, what else do you go for? No, that is true. Yeah, that if you're true. ever in Oklahoma, find Del Rancho, steak sandwich supreme. It's a chicken fried steak sandwich with lettuce, tomato, and mayo or Miracle Whip, depending on the store. And it is horrible for you, but it is delicious. It is. It is it is quite yummy. No, but I'm not. I'm not trying to get anybody off their diet. Stick to stick to your uh, stick to your diet. Hashtag do the work. Hashtag full good challenge. Y'all must get in shape before May. I will be in shape in May. I will be still round. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, Cody's with QT Marshall. I told you I would know his name this week. And they show Clint showing the infamous pounce by Ace Romero. And Dude, that pounce was crazy. Where the guy goes over the ropes. Yeah, I've seen that so many times. I've seen gifts of it. I, I had no idea. I had no idea that the guy was like a real wrestler. You know what I mean? I thought he was just like weekend warrior dude, because it looked like the other guy was gonna die. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that that landing had to suck. I saw it was probably the Brian the Guppy Twitter account that has all the good gifts and stuff. Uh, and yeah, I saw that. I was like, Jesus, man, that yeah. guy. Whew. Yeah, it's like we're not friends after that. We're not talking in the back. We're not going to have a beer. Uh, we're, we're, we're just not cool. I'm like, I might be okay and I might be able to stay professional, but we're not talking. We're not going to be on the friendly terms. And they said they want to book the pouncer, but they need to check the budget. Q, our guy, and it's kind of funny because I'm not friends with him, but it feels like I am because I know so much about him from listening to WrestleMomics. He is one of the most... Uh, you know, he's one of the most transparent people. You knew about Mookie's life. You knew he did improv. You knew about his wife and what she did. You knew about what he did. You knew about some of the tragedies that are going along in his life. So you felt like you know Chris. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very transparent. I, I mean, I feel like I'm very open. But if you listen to his show, you would know pretty much everything about him. And um, he, uh, they get him on the video he's in this kind of starring role with uh uh he's in the starring role with cody and cody asks him what he has to look for and he goes through this long list of things that they have to look into and it to me it just flashed me right back to the episode of wrestlenomics because he has this kind of dry voice and believe me it's been some nights where i wanted to hear what he was talking about at work and i work overnight that he started putting me to sleep and i had to turn i had to turn it off yeah his his voice and just wrestlenomics which i didn't listen to all of the episodes but i whenever i did listen to it i enjoyed it but it was dry and they were slightly monotone and it could lull you to sleep yeah, so, uh, yeah, when you, if you're working was, an overnight shift where you need to stay alert, it was not the show for you. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, his breakdown of the economic stuff, which is oh, well over my head, was great. It was just like, oh, I know. I remember what this is like. I, I know this sound. Uh, but the, the big thing is it sounds like they're doing fine on money. 
and uh, the Pouncer will probably be coming into the uh, under-budget Battle Royal. Yeah, as they he, now is, he, has been, he has been booked, and he uh, Cody said he wants to have an f- explosion, and he's like, you know what, that's important to have. We can make the, we can move some things around and make that work. So expect an explosion at Double or Nothing. All right. They talk about the importance of Dana Massey and the merchandising. They also talk about the importance of their family and building their brand. They do it all for their family. Uh, it was, this was, you know, it was very much, if you know the Bucks, you knew that story. And then they talk about being afraid of ring rust, that the Lucha Brothers are out there working every weekend, working any show that they can, and they're working at a high level, the same level that the Bucks used to work, but they haven't reached that level in a long time. So this is a very sports-centric take on their match. What did you think about that? I thought that was good. I really liked the family stuff. But yeah, that that I think that just in general with AEW, they're going to try to make it more sports-like, uh, which I think is kind of cool. And But I did like their talk about the ring rust and, and all of that. It, so they were, they were hyping the match. They were putting over the Lucha Bros, put, seeding doubt in that the possibility of, hey, we could lose because we're not doing this, but then put themselves over by saying, once we get in there, it'll be it'll all come back to us. So it was really well done. It was a very good wrestling promo. If you think about it, it. was, they put over them, put over the people and said how great they are, but we're going to be greater that day. You know, that kind of thing. And, uh, Cody is doing rehab. He feels he's in good to get back in the ring. And he, he, he does this jump test, uh, you know, jump, uh, fall off of, uh, a bench and MJF is there with him and Cody says I feel good and MJF says he wouldn't and Cody says come the fuck on and the screen goes black Cody yes uh, Cody as much as I am a large guy and as much as I'm not in shape I don't like not being able to do things if uh, a lot of people will tell you my natural habitat is being in like the wrestling convention world and I can go a lot of hours, and I can walk, and I can stand, and you wouldn't think I could do it if you looked at me. If I ever get to the point where I can't do that, that would frustrate me. So I imagine someone that is in world-class shape like Cody not being able to do something physical that he wants to do, and he's that kind of type A personality uh, you know, he's probably like, I can heal quicker. Even if he's playing a character, he's playing it well. Because you can just kind of feel the frustration coming off of him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's yeah, he's, that's why I love him. Uh, you know, he's, he wants to do the work. He wants to be busy. Like I said, when, I mean, they're, they're selling out Hot Topics and selling out Madison Square Garden and selling out Chicago and Cody's still doing you know, bingo halls and things like that on the weekends just because he loves this. So, if you ever wonder why I love Cody, I mean, it doesn't take much to realize it. Uh, pretty much. Uh, so, we had a few listener questions, and then we'll get the hell out of here. All right. So, um, from Keeping It Strong Style, Jeremy Donovan, and he... Uh, said what match would you book for double or nothing based on people who are not currently booked um 
I mean, you can think about this for a second, and I'm going to throw something out there because I just like to spitball. Um, Actually, I have an idea. Okay. Uh, If they could get LAX, uh, if they could get LAX, I would like to see them against the best friends. LAX is one of my favorite tag teams, and they're one of the tag teams I want to see a spotlight on. So if they somehow get a deal with Impact, uh, LAX versus the best friends, and I, f- I fucking I, I hope she ever hears this so she can understand how much I fucking love Jordan Grace. I think she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, and I think she's amazing. Jordan Grace pretty much versus a broomstick. I would watch. So, because uh, th- that's how amazing I think she is. But if they, yeah, if they want to have Jordan Grace on there against pretty much any woman, maybe Jordan Grace against Brandy, Thick Mama Pump. Happy birthday! She had a birthday this week. Thick Mama Pump did. Uh, Jordan Grace against anybody I would want to see on the show. And may- oh, if she they could just book her in an over the budget battle royal because she kicked ass in the last one. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Uh, I would have. Uh, I would book Matt Cross against Angelico. I do fuck. Oh, Angelico. Yeah, I I saw him. You know, when I had my Progress subscription, I saw him, and I like immediately the first time I I saw. I think I saw him wrestle against Keith Lee, and I was like, oh, oh God, these two. Are, it was such a good match. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a big Chris Brooks fan. I don't know how he's working in the UK. I'd like to see him. There's a lot of people I'd like to see in AEW, but you know, I just, it's one of those things that I, they built a cachet with me where I trust what they're gonna do. So you you generally won't get a lot of fantasy booking from me, but if I had to pick one, Jordan Grace in the over the budget battle royal, and you said Good Matt Cross versus Angelico. That is correct. All right, and then from Ryan Stormer. So, next two questions are both from guys named Ryan. So, don't get confused. How does AEW balance hiring friends and known good workers with <coughs> with looking like WWE's rejects? Or do they embrace it? Um, a good story will make you forget where everybody worked before. The thing with Impact and the thing with TNA in the past... They would have Chavo Guerrero would be being destroyed every week on the WWE, and then in two weeks he would be fighting for the Impact World Title. I I think you have to show improvement. I think you come in lower and you beat some guys, and then you beat some guys, and then you lose a couple matches, and then you beat some guys, and then let people. Let people forget that you were with the WWE and how you have improved with the new company before you then push them. But when you push them right after being a jobber at the other company, that only makes the rest of your roster look bad. Uh, As far as friends, I mean, I think that's what Tony Khan's there for. He's the check with all them. You know, if anyone wants to hire their friends, Tony Khan can be like, you know, no. We don't have anything for them. I think that that's where the check. I don't think you embrace it. 
I don't I don't think you embrace it at all. You don't embrace being minor league WWE. You embrace that you're an alternative for WWE. You might even focus on the fact that the person didn't work in the WWE style, but now that he has more creative freedom, he's allowed to be more himself and is going to be more successful. What do you think about that, Dave? Yeah, I think you've hit some good points. I mean, it is... As far as hiring friends, it seems like most of their friends are really good workers who they work well with and have and put on good matches with. So even if they weren't friends, they would probably be someone they would want to hire anyway in a lot of these cases. Um, plus, there was that core initial group uh, that you always knew was going to be kind of the, the backbone of this new company. And you're absolutely right. As far as getting like WWE rejects, the person that r- right now comes to mind is Ty Dillinger uh, or, or Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger. Um, he, if they brought him in and he, had, and he worked his way up, and he, even if he cut a promo saying, hey, I know I don't have the best reputation. I know I have to work my way up, and I'm going to prove to each and every one of you that, uh, that I am worth more than my previous employer thought, that I'm worth more than others think I was, and works themselves up. Yeah, that's perfect. Because it's like with TNA, you know, you, they brought in Kurt Angle, and Rocket strapped him up to the top. Well, yeah, it's because it's Kurt fucking Angle. I mean, you're going to do that, and that doesn't really... Yeah, is, is it questionable when he beats AJ Styles immediately? Yeah, but it's also not unreasonable when you have a multi-time world champion and Olympic gold medalist come in, come in there and win. No one, no one being reasonable is going to go, well, that's stupid. No, it kind of does make sense, but when you bring in Jabron number 5, and you have them in three weeks challenging for your world championship. No, that's that's stupid. You need to do it a slow burn. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah. and I think they absolutely need to focus on you know being their own thing. Uh, I agree with you there. And uh, and honestly, the whole between hiring friends, um, these guys have all been, especially the Bucks, have been independent contractors. They're, they've been running their own business for years and i think they're probably pretty business savvy and you're absolutely right tony khan who literally writes the checks will be the balance to all of it so he and he's in this to money to make money yeah he's in this to monetize his investment so he's not gonna be like oh this guy, you know, he's not just going to let them sign everybody. He's going to vet them. The great thing about him being a wrestling fan, you know, he's going to be like, oh, well, if we don't have anything for him, we don't have anything for him. You know what I mean? Right. You got to earn a spot. And I, I love that thought process. But I just, like I said, that's the great thing about having an actual businessman. This is not a money mark. This is a guy that can run a business. And he's going to make good decisions, and they're going to use. Like I, I think Ty Dillinger will be great. I think he's going to have to change his presentation a little bit to adapt to more of the you know alt WWE style and to show something different. Because if he comes out there throwing up ten and doing the Yushigoroshi, which is great, but you look just like the WWE guy. You'll get booed out the building. Yeah. Yeah, he's just going to have to change. I think he can get over. 
And uh, so, Ryan, other than uh, uh, this from Ryan Aaron, he hosts uh, Around the Ring with me. Other than the Elite and Pac, who who on the AEW roster could be the next big star? And what do you think they they need to do to achieve that? Um, on the roster now, I think Pentagon and Ray Phoenix with an audience now. I think I mean they've been everywhere as far as in the wrestling community. Well, with an audience that is going to cross over into some people that watch WWE, I think they're going to be the biggest stars in the company. I think they're going to be what Rey Mysterio is. They're going to be household names because they are so freaking talented. And I've seen what's supposed to be throwaway matches with them end up being four stars. They are so good. They are so on top of their game right now. That will be the name everyone knows this year. Yeah, I think you're right. I was looking over the the roster on the Wikipedia page for All Elite Wrestling. And, I mean, I've never, like I said earlier, I've never seen Sammy Guevara wrestle, but I've heard really, really good things about him. I think he has potential for being a star. I think once Flip Gordon comes in, he has potential. I think Trent Beretta has potential. But really, it's going to be Pentagon and and Ray Phoenix. Because if you think about it, look at... They were really unknown until they were on Lucha Underground. And after Lucha Underground Season 1, they blew up. And Lucha Underground was literally watched by like six people. Um, and, and so hardly anyone watched it. it the ratings were awful. And it was on a network people didn't know they had, and uh, but it, yeah, those those two came out as stars, and they have really turned it into something as big names on the independent scene, and with a an actual audience that can see them easily and regularly. Yeah, I think they are. I think they have potential for being for being big big stars. Yeah, I, I'm taking two people to this show that haven't been a wrestling show in ten years, and they asked. You know, they were going for Jericho, and they asked, who should else should I be looking for? And I said, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. I was like, I, like, I don't want to tell you anything other than just watch them. They look like stars. They look like, when they wrestle, their presentation, how they go, how they go about everything, they look like they should be the main event on the show. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, uh, they have. It, I went from not knowing who they were uh, probably a year ago, year and a half ago, to literally them two being in my probably top ten favorite wrestlers. I have so many favorite wrestlers for different reasons. It's even hard for me to get a list. You could ask me my top five right now, then ask me my top five next week, and probably there will be the two consistencies, which are like Cody and Kenny uh, and Kevin Owens, but then the other three will probably change. But Penta's often in that list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's great. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, you got anything else, Dave? You got anything you want to plug or anything? <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, if you're bored enough, uh, you can find me on the social medias at Oklahoma Lefty. Uh, you can read my musings about music at OklahomaLefty.com. I don't, uh, I don't post as much as I used to on there, but there's a... Uh, there's some good stuff on there, especially if you want to see my favorite records from last year. And, uh, yeah, that's that's just it for me. Yeah, and you can go to socialsuplex.com. I've submitted some information for 
I submitted some information for the column this week on the preview for uh the preview for what's this thing called? Is it Roadblock? I don't know. Uh, fast, uh, lane. fast Lane. Broom yeah, broom. yeah, yeah. And, and we're going to preview the show on, uh, around the ring, but I did roll up a few blurbs on what I thought and predictions on the matches, so you can go to socialsuplex.com and check us out there. Uh, I want to leave you with um, go make sure you subscribe to Social Suplex even if you don't want to enter a contest and on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast, leave me a good old five-star rating and a review. <coughs> With this only being our seventh episode, let's say there's something you didn't like, and some you didn't cover, you would like me to cover more. Uh, this is a perfect time to let me know. Jump in the reviews. Tell me I suck. Whatever you want to do. I don't care. But uh, honestly, I, I will take any type of constructive criticism to improve the show. If you like one of my co-hosts more than the other, you know, just let me know. I, I'm very open to improving. I, I love this. And I want to put on the best show that I can every week for you. Because uh, even WWE says, I'm, I'm not competing against other uh, other elite shows. I, I love them all. I listen to everything elite on Voices of Wrestling. I love that show. They are geniuses. I feel like they completely cover the show completely different than us. But I am competing for your time. You know, uh, you, you know, you you're gonna put an hour, hour and a half into this show. If I am wasting any of your time in any way, let me know so I can adjust. I might not do everything you say because I do have to be me. But uh, I, I always want to get better. Yes, he does. And, and Floyd works very hard on this. He does a great job. But most importantly is you need to leave a comment saying that uh, that I, that Dave, is your favorite co-host. Yeah, that, that silky, smooth voice. You can't uh, get that anywhere else. No, you cannot. It goes down so smooth. All right. Well, again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> again. <laughs> Again, shout out to all the people doing the Field Clear Challenge. I am rooting for you. If you think no one else is, no, Floyd is rooting for you because I know the struggle to eat right and work out because I don't do either one of those things. So uh, keep keep on keeping at it and just know whatever you do, whether it's work, whether it's working out, whether it's raising your kids, whether it's binge watching TV, always do your best.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.